0: Welcome to Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas sports podcast. I am your host, Zachary Kerr, alongside my co-host, Steve. What's going on, big man? Good,
1: good. How are you tonight? Not bad. Hey, uh, that was a pretty good episode one. I think we did pretty good. I I mean, the the two friends of mine that listened to it told me that we did pretty good. The the outtakes
0: were kind of funny. The
1: outtakes were great. The outtakes (laughs) were hilarious. Some of the edited stuff that should have come out that made it in, Um, was even better
0: yeah that was that was true our thoughts and prayers go out to uh, the family of Deontay Strickland and the families and the loved ones there in Dayton Ohio and El Paso Texas um, from all of us at natural state sports Um, just a tragic tragic thing that's going on in our country right now so if you would keep uh, them in your thoughts and prayers Yeah, absolutely so um, all right we're gonna jump right into this thing Steve what do you got
1: well okay
0: <clears throat> oh, well, he did y'all. Oh. I gotta clear the throat. Oh, get oh ready I am. So, Let me get comfortable.
1: So here a few days ago, um, that that school that's up in northeast Arkansas, Arkansas State, um, are they out, the Chiefs, the Indians, the Red Wolves? Indians is inappropriate. You're know, to have to edit that, that out. Is that politically incorrect yeah, it's now? Politically incorrect now. You can't say that. So oh, the, man, it, they're the Red Wolves with a waterfall. How stadium. yes. So anyway, so yes, that just happened. How yes. <laughs> I feel like Howard Stern. How yes? So, yeah. <laughs> so, okay. So this guy comes out, the AD Terry Gay, hey, I mean, he's a, he's a really really good AD. Um, has uh, done a lot of really good things with Arkansas. And State.
0: It, it surprised. And and he just outstanding the last couple of years. Yeah,
1: absolutely. I mean, they've done a lot of great things with that program. So I'm not saying this. As a knock at Arkansas State. So you're not
0: bashing Arkansas State? I'm
1: not. If you're one of their 12 fans, I hope you can 10 their ooh, games next year. Oh. Um, oh. But shots fired. Um, Look out. Their AD comes out and makes the comment that um, their non conference games are not filling the stadium. Some SEC games don't. And if we would play them, they would fill our stadium up.
0: Hold on. Wait a minute. So they're saying this is the quote saying that Arkansas's non conference schedule? Correct.
1: <laughs>
0: okay, wait a minute. <laughs> when was the last time Arkansas State had a sellout?
1: Ne- never. I mean, do they keep those records there? Because I don't know if they can count that high. But um, so, I mean, at best, you're looking at what? 20,000, 25,000, something like that? I think they're 25,000. I think they, maybe they were 30, and then when they did the new thing, didn't they come down in size? I don't know, maybe. What's their
0: stadium name? So, Isn't it Estes Field or something? No, no. No, that's UCA. That's UCA.
1: That's UCA. I don't know. I don't know what ASUs they're is. One of the banks. I can't remember it now. It's one of the is it Simmons? No. Bank of the Ozarks? I don't know. anyway, it's one of those that, I'm uh, I'm Googling so, as we speak so during the recording. I just find it great that, that these guys that they can't fill their own they, they can't fill their own stadium and they're gonna come and basically say, and this is this was a quote from Terry Mahaja, this is what he said. That we should be begging them to play us.
0: The I'm Arkansas, sorry, what? The
1: Arkansas Razorbacks should be begging Arkansas State to come play them. Well, how does that make you feel? Well, okay.
0: In a sense, if you think about it, we have been the last couple of years. As a well, as a fan base we have. We should play A State. We should play A State. A State, A State. But nobody has said anything about it.
1: I mean, plenty have said something about it, and, and I'm going to go on record and say we should play them. Centennial I don't Bank Stadium. There we go. I knew it was a bank. It was one of those banks. They put a lot of money into it now. Don't get me wrong. They're their current
0: capacity is 30,406.
1: I'm almost certain it was larger than that, and they made it smaller when they did the really pretty end zone.
0: Yeah, from 2002 to 2014, it was 30,964. So it's actually gone down. Yeah, because they can't
1: fill it up. Now it's pretty. Don't get me wrong. the like really record.
0: Building. The record attendance. 31,243 on December 1st, 2012 against Middle Tennessee.
1: Wow. 31,000 people. That's roughly half of our stadium. Now, I don't I don't I don't think I don't think
0: So, here's the I've got the top 5. You ready for this? Okay. December 1st, 2012 against Middle Tennessee, 31,243. They won 45 to nothing. Number 2, August 31st, 2013. 30,451. They won 62-11 against UAPB, Arkansas Pine Bluff. September 18, 2004, 30,427 against Memphis. They lost
1: 47-35. I remember that
0: one. November 8, 2012, 30,243 against Louisiana Monroe. They won 45-23. I think that was the same year Monroe beat us. Yes. Oh. <laughs> yes. September tenth, two thousand eleven, 2011, 29,872 against Memphis, and they won 47-3. So, I mean... It's been a few years since they've had a
1: sellout. And they've been really good the last few years. So to not have a sellout as good as they've been the last few years, I don't understand. Now, now, don't get me wrong. Let me, let, me, let me preface this by saying he's right. If we played that game at War Memorial Stadium, it would fill up and it makes sense. If we played that game in Fayetteville, I don't think we would fill that stadium up. I think it would be a scenario. We might. I think enough, maybe the first year. Like the first year, if we played them once, we'd probably fill the stadium up. We'd no doubt fill up War Memorial. So,
0: okay, so wait, 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 wait. I got to throw this out there to you, okay? Every SEC team, and usually every team in the country on the Division One level, has a rival, a huge rival of some sort. Right now, Arkansas and LSU are battle of the boot. That rivalry's kind of fell off since it got moved off of Black Friday.
1: Well, and it was LSU never considered
0: it a rival. And LSU never considered it a rival. They didn't. Okay. Now you have this, and I'm going to say it, and I'm probably going to catch some hell for it. The battle line rivalry that has been forced on us between Arkansas and Missouri, which it's a good idea. The
1: idea surrounding it is good. I mean, if it was like a meth cooking competition, but not a football game. Well, that just, wow. (laughs) Totally,
0: Totally threw me off my track. Look at that.
1: This game, may, that okay, I'm sorry. Right? We're going to go, that game, that's not a rivalry. Calv- caveat, we'll come back in just a second. There's no way that game, no. I, right now it's not a rivalry because they keep beating us for yeah. an unexplicable reason. Now, if Arkansas plays Arkansas
0: State, that could turn into a rivalry. That could turn into a healthy rivalry for two reasons. What are some of the, give, give me an idea as to some of the disadvantages of why we shouldn't play Arkansas State. I don't understand.
1: Okay, so we're supposed to disagree every once in a while, and I can't disagree with you in this one because I think we should play them. I see literally no disadvantages to playing them.
0: Oh, trust me, we'll disagree.
1: But I also don't see... um, I lost my train of thought. See, it happens to the best of us. (laughs) Okay, we're going to have to edit that part out. So um, where were we going with that? I totally just went blank. I have no idea. Okay, well, awesome then. Um, you, we were,
0: we were. You said we weren't agreeing, but then you think we ought to play them.
1: Yeah, so I do think we'll play them, and I don't think that we'll. I don't think we gain anything. Had to I restart his brain for a minute. Have no kidding. I don't think we gain anything by playing them. I don't think we lose anything by playing them. I think it, it. But where I'm going to disagree with you is, I don't think it would make a good rivalry. I I don't think us losing to a team one every ten or so years, if it happens that often. <laughs> Is a rivalry? I, I just I don't see it. I don't unless some massive conference realignment happens and some massive change happens within the landscape of recruiting in the state of Arkansas. Yeah, I don't I don't see any way that that even becomes a rivalry. To me, that becomes another UL Monroe game on the schedule, um, which it should be. I mean, and it, well, and I think it'll be a fun game. Don't get me wrong, and I think there'll be years where if Arkansas is down, Arkansas State's up, or both are up, that it could be a fun game. But I just don't see the rivalry part. Of
0: okay, that. so I'm I'm gonna disagree. I think we are, I think we should play one for one reason and one reason only. You keep that money and that revenue in the state, okay? Rather than paying Portland State or San Jose State to come in, get their a, a, butt kicked. Can I say ass on a podcast? You just did. No. Oh. Rather than them coming in and getting their ass kicked, okay? You're paying five hundred grand to an to to Arkansas State. which is keeping it in now the disadvantage to that. What if Arkansas State goes on a roll and starts beating the Razorbacks? The fan
1: base could shift. But in what likely scenario does that ever happen? See, that's the argument that always gets brought up. We can't play Arkansas State because we don't have the recruiting base. Okay. Here's here's my issue with that. We're in the SEC. They're not. That's number one, first and foremost. There is not a kid in this state that has high major – D1 talent that's going to pick Arkansas State over the University of Arkansas. It's never happened. It's never going to happen. And so, unless the only way Arkansas State goes on this massive run is if somehow they find this massive recruiting ground, fertile recruiting ground that no one knows about, that they can dive into and grab a bunch of five-star players. Well, and I'm
0: just – like I said, I'm just looking at it from – you know, an outsider's perspective because if you look at the talent at, you know, and 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 of course the analytics and the stats, Arkansas State's been better the last couple of years. Okay, they could have beat us last year. Absolutely, they could have beat us the year before. Now, the year before that, two years ago, mm, that would have been a bit of battle.
1: I I can see what you're saying because if you think about the way the last few years have gone, I could see three straight wins for Arkansas State potentially in this. So. So sure, if we rehired Jeff Long in ten years and then How played, dare you
0: bring that name up.
1: And then we might lose four years in a row. That
0: is the downside of Razorback Athletics was when we brought him in. He that was, was the start.
1: He was my favorite hire the last ten years.
0: He'd been the only A D hire.
1: I'm saying it's my favorite of coaches everything. What? No, I'm just
0: that's kidding. another that <laughs> you about got me on a roll on that one.
1: We were gonna go the whole, just forget the whole oh. rest of the night. You guys, yep, this was gonna. Be this good. was.
0: I know this is the controversy episode because we've got a lot I, of controversial topics.
1: I had to get you going on that. One. But but get your blood boiling a little bit. Wow, I can't. I can't deal with Jeff Long. I, I don't. I just something about him. Aren't I, him and Mahaj are friends? Like, aren't they buddies somewhere along the way?
0: You know, I don't know.
1: Actually, from I, I think him and Yurichek are friends. They know each other.
0: Yurichek so. has done outstanding as AD. Yeah, we're,
1: we're, yeah had we not <laughs> how do we wait so long to make that? right? I mean this guy he sees look seems at like what he's diamond. done, okay,
0: anyway, we're getting back. so should the game be played at a neutral site? That's the other argument is, and this is a twofold argument here. Should the game be played at a home and home series, or should it be played at a neutral site and if you and I know we're sitting across the
1: table from each other. if you say it should be played in Jerry's world, I'm gonna slap you, and you can keep that in the podcast, no. I'm not going to say that because that would be the dumbest. That, that yeah, wouldn't make any sense. I don't. Yeah. Anyway, whole another story. So I think if you're gonna play it, and if you're gonna if you're gonna if we have just must play this War Memorial game every year, then that needs to be it. Otherwise, alert like everyone just lose their meltdown minds here. But just get every game out of Little Rock and move them to Fayetteville. Well,
0: and and to caveat off that, it's looking more and more likely.
1: I'm good with it. I, I mean. Especially, I don't know what's going to happen. I guess now that the golf course is no longer a golf course, I'm assuming they're still wow. going to allow parking out there and tailgating for the games. But This
0: year, yes. Because, I mean, you, and again, this is going to be we're caveating here, but but um, it's one of those, they're taking, I'm afraid they're going to turn it into one big parking lot.
1: They probably will.
0: For like St. Vincent or UAMS. Okay. I don't see, and then they're talking about making it, you know, like six different parks. Right. There's two problems with that. One, all the University of Arkansas is going to go. Well, you don't have anywhere to, to you know, to, to to accommodate the fan base. Right. Two, well, it's going to be, and I, I'm, I'm I'm giving him a pause so he can edit this out. It's going to be homeless central.
1: Yep, probably so. I mean, I don't disagree, and that's why I think that. Those games are – I think the city knows, I think everybody knows that we may get a couple years of this thing, but the agreement we have now is probably going to be it unless you get a game with Arkansas State. So, I mean, unless you can get- – I mean,
0: they're even talking about moving the salt ball between Benton and Bryant. For those of you, those are two cities, and it's the major high school game in the in the state. Um, They're even talking about moving that out after what happened last year.
1: Well, and as long as they have security tight, that's another story, of course. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, I've heard that, but there's nowhere that game can go. They can talk about they want to move it, but I – you know, that game's not going. I out.
0: just, I for him to say, and again, we're gonna we're wrapping it up here uh, on this topic. But, but for him to come out and say that is just it. It's it, it's gonna hurt him in the long run. Well,
1: I wanted one more point. Uh oh. So this was something else that he said um, that I thought was pretty interesting, and, and <laughs> I can't help but laugh when he says it. But basically, he says he doesn't want to play us right now. And that's why we should be begging, and um, that when we get really good again that they'll really want to play us, but they've got to beat the Alabama type brands in college football to change their own national exposure. So basically what he's saying is we're not good enough to play them right now.
0: I'm sorry. I I forgive the pause. That was my head just exploded. I saw you
1: stop. Look, and I mean, I thought you had a heart attack for a moment.
0: I'm sorry. We put 31 points up against Alabama. How many points did they put up? Seven, 14 at that? Did they get that? Did they get ten. 14? I think it was like seven or ten or
1: something yeah, like something that. Something like that. They,
0: but they got they got smacked around. So again, I don't see
1: where his logic is in Now. I applaud Terry Mahoger because you know what he did? He put this entire thing back in center focus as we're going into football season.
0: Oh, he just gave A State a shot in the arm.
1: He puts He puts this whole thing out on everybody's talking about it. We're talking about it right now. And so now this becomes the hot button issue again. Just when it was dying off. Yeah. And so he puts it front and center again. And this is the – anytime this happens, A, it helps for Arkansas State, but it also helps, um, you know, in general. That's crazy. We're going to step away for a few minutes, and uh, when we come back, we're going to be joined by Andrew Hutchinson with Hogbeat.com. You're not going to want to miss it inside the Natural State Podcast.
2: We, the people,
1: stand tall, equal,
0: and free
2: in pursuit of happiness
0: and premium American spring water, mineral rich, revitalizing goodness
2: with a
1: naturally detoxifying high alkalinity and 7.8 pH
0: bottled in glass
1: to oxygenate our brave, proud selves, the healer and hydrator of
2: we, 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 the people, the mountain valley spring water back to the source.
1: Welcome back, everybody, to Inside the Natural State, and we are joined by Andrew Hutchinson with hogbeat.com. Uh, you can find Andrew on Twitter at nwa NWAHutch. Uh, Andrew, thanks for joining us today. Uh, so, uh, here you guys might have some nice specials going on over at Rivals right now.
2: Yeah, yeah. I go ahead and give it a shout out. Uh, we've, we've got a great deal going on. Uh, you can subscribe now for an annual subscription, you'll get 25% off, which is basically $100 for an annual subscription. Uh, the monthly is $10, so basically when you sign up for a, a year, generally you get basically two months free, but uh, now it's 25% off, which means it's only going to cost you 75 and here's the really cool part is we're going to send you a $75 gift card uh, to spend on Adidas gear, uh, and I think it's, uh, I mean, you're basically breaking even, uh, getting free gear in exchange for a year worth of awesome coverage by both me and my uh, partner with Hogbeat, Nikki Chavanel, who just does a phenomenal job with recruiting as well as uh, team coverage as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't know why anybody would miss out on that one. So um, let's get right into it. Fall camp, we're, uh, what, about four days into this thing. Um, What's some takeaways? I know you guys are limited on how much you actually get to see, but uh, what's some of your takeaways so far from the first four days?
2: Yeah, you're right. We are pretty limited. We only get 20 minutes of practice, so it's really hard to, to gain any I couldn't tell you if Nick Starkel or Ben Hicks has looked better because, I mean, we just haven't simply seen enough practice. Uh, But one of the the biggest, most interesting things, which, uh, you know, I'm sure we're going to talk about it, you know, Chad talked about it today at his press conference, uh, is that Cheyenne O'Grady or C.J. O'Grady, whichever you prefer, uh, the talented tight end from Fayetteville, going to be a 50-year senior, uh, one of the the top offensive weapons on the team, uh, has been running with a third team based on what we've seen Uh, we thought you know maybe maybe something's going on there and and we asked chad about it and sure enough that it's chad kind of trying to send a message to him and saying hey we need you to step up and be uh, more of a leader Uh, we expect more out of you because you are so talented of a player and and so important to the offensive success and if you remember last year uh, he was suspended the first two games uh, did not really being get involved with the offense the next two games and then over the final eight games of the season he got 30 passes for 400 yards and six touchdowns so uh when he turns it on he has nfl all sec potential uh but that's kind of what the coaches are trying to get is they're trying to get him to turn it on he's never been much of a practice player uh but man whenever the lights are on and and he's really you know he knows the offense and everything uh he is, is scary talented so that's something definitely to keep an eye on as fall camp progresses because uh, you know he he is you know he's vital to arkansas success they do have a really good tight end room uh, you know everyone knows about hudson henry you know freshman coming in the younger brother of hunter henry uh and you know chase harrell has, has seemingly you know developed his body into more of a tight end putting on over 30 pounds over the off season grayson gunner is definitely a uh, competent uh, tight end uh, but none of them right now, you know, Henry Jury's still out on him, but right now, no one is, is as talented and SEC ready as O'Grady. So they, they really need him to kind of to elevate his game and meet the kind of the standards that the coaches are looking for out of him.
1: Gotcha. So I know that was a big, you know, it was a big question last year is, you know, where his head was. Is this, you think this is something off of that? You think this is just the coaches trying to him or him asking for more from the coaches to really push him?
2: You know, I, I think this is the coaches because just knowing O'Grady the way I, you know, gotten to know him. You know, he played at Fayetteville, so I got to see him a little bit at in high school. Uh, so he, he just is he's kind of a, an interesting guy. Um, so I really think that this is the the coaches kind of put adding this on to him, uh, just because you know he he is so talented. And they're trying to get every ounce of, of talent and production out of him you know, this year, because if, if he's good, as I said, I mean, he is an all SEC caliber kind of guy. Uh, and I, I, you know, honestly am expecting really, really big things from him this year. Uh, he just got to get it all right in the head and, and right mentally uh, to, you know, be able to do that on the field come Saturdays. Yeah. So I know we're real
1: early in this quarterback battle, but um, you know, it looks like Starkle may have more of the tools from what I've at least heard. And I guess the little bit that's been put out, but, um, what are what what are your thoughts? Have you guys have you been able to watch either one of them? I know it seems they're on separate sides of the field, but are you guys able to? Have you been able to look and see what your feel is on those two guys?
2: Yeah, you know, really, what we've gotten to see is them throwing the receivers or running backs or tight ends on air. So you really can't tell much from those. The one time that we did get to see uh, some type of scrimmage uh, type situations, uh, I guess it was Saturday or no Monday and uh, they were on opposite fields, as you mentioned. I mean, I was on the side where it was Ben Hicks and John Stephen Jones, both of those guys threw interceptions. uh, And, you know, I'm not sure exactly what Nick Starkle did because I was, you know, as I said, on the other side of the field. But, you know, I mean, just based on what I know about them, I feel like Starkle definitely has a a bigger, a higher ceiling. I mean, he's done it in the SEC. Uh, It's just a matter of can he get comfortable quick enough to make the coaches comfortable enough uh, to put him back there because there is obviously a comfort level there with within Hicks. And I think we're seeing that right now and that it seems like Hicks is getting all of the first team reps based on what we've seen. Now, obviously they could be switching that up and they could, you know, both be getting first team and second team reps uh, during the you know actual team portions that are closed off to the media. But right now it seems like Hicks is uh, the leader. Uh, but again, there's uh, gets just under four weeks until the, the season opener, Uh, so they've got, they've got time to, to get that sorted out still. And tomorrow's the first day of full pads. So maybe they'll get a little bit more of a, of a better feel for it tomorrow. Once they, you know, actually have full pads and the the bullets are flying, obviously they're not going to hit the quarterbacks, but you know, it's always a little bit different whenever there's full pads and it seems like everyone's going full speed.
0: That's going to be an amazing sound hearing them pads pop.
2: Yeah. So, Hutch,
0: let me ask you, outside of that freshman line, the offensive lineman that tore his ACL, are there any other injuries that we need to be concerned about or that the coaching staff needs to be concerned about?
2: You know, that's the only significant injury right now. There were a couple of guys, I guess, that that went down with some heat exhaustion type uh, things. Uh, Chad didn't really name any names, uh, but it was really hot today. I, I think it was low 90s with the humidity probably having it in the mid 90s or even approaching triple digits uh, but that that was really the only thing today and there were a couple of guys missing uh, today you know Eric Gregory uh, the freshman defensive end Torian Carter uh, freshman defensive tackle uh, wide receiver Dalton Hyatt uh, convert recently converted uh, quarterback to wide receiver uh, and also Luke Jones the offensive lineman transfer from Notre Dame those those four guys we didn't see them at practice today and uh, we asked Chad about it, and he said that they've just got some minor. I think one of them's got something wrong with the hamstring and uh, maybe a shoulder. Just, just he said no, nothing that should be too severe, and that they should be back soon. But again, that's, we'll have to kind of keep an eye on that uh, as the practices go on, because you know sometimes injuries turn out to be a little bit more severe uh, than originally thought. But right now, it seems like Noah Gatlin, being uh, with the ACL, is the only uh, major injury of fall camp so far.
0: So, uh, I was going to ask you about Dalton Hyatt and how he's settling into that wide receiver role, but you answered that question. How is Sosa Aguim <laughs> settling in on his new role on the defense?
2: Yeah, I think he's he's taking it on, you know, taking the bull by the horns. I mean, he, based on everything, I I really enjoyed getting to talk to him at SEC Media Days over the summer uh, because he just – it seems like he's taking on that leadership role, which as a senior you need that. I obviously have that as well with Scooter on the defensive side uh but to have that in the middle of your defensive line is also important and you know he's a guy that you know throughout his career he's bounced back and forth defensive end defensive tackle defensive end defensive tackle and it, it just seems like he hasn't had a chance to to really settle into one of those roles and it's kind of affected his play he's been productive you know fans think oh he's been a bust because was a five-star recruit Uh, coming out of high school, but really he's, he's been productive. uh, Just maybe not quite as productive as fans had hoped. Uh, So, you know, this is his last go around. He's trying to make one last impression on the NFL scouts and, you know, be able to make a career out of it. So I'm expecting big things from him and, and, you know, based on everything I've, I've heard from other players and the coaches and everything, it seems like he's embraced that role really well.
1: Could the question though on Sosa be more talent around him than it is his talent? I mean, uh, a you stole my question. Uh, my bad over there, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> it just it's all right. it came to me. But yeah, I mean, just I, that's to me. That's got to be a bigger part of it. Is he's, you know, he's he's getting double teamed and, and and even triple teamed at times on the inside of that line because there's not as much talent around him. Which it seems
2: we've pretty probably fixed that this year. You think? Yeah, I think there's something to it. The defensive line, there's no question, has been not as productive as it needs to be, and it, as 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 it needs to be in a John Chavis-type system uh, for sure. Uh, but I, I really think the thing that's been holding him back the most has been just not being able to settle in at one position. He's just kind of moving around wherever the coaches need him. Uh, we saw last year he bounced back and forth. So I really think that being able to settle in there will help. And I do think that you know, having a little bit extra talent around him uh, will help as well. You know, the defensive end spots, they, that, that is a position that Chad singled out today in the press conference is they need production. Uh, they got three seniors that are kind of at the top of the depth chart for the two uh, defensive end spots, like Gerald, Cabe Richardson, and uh, Jamario Bell. Those guys need to be productive so that way guys on the interior, both Sosa and even T.J. Smith, another senior, uh, can, you know, Get some sort of push and production there in the middle. Uh, you know, maybe they could. One of them could have a, an Armand Watts type, you know, breakout season. But that's going to require the defensive ends, you know, doing their job and, and also being productive off the edge.
0: Hutch, one last question before we let you go. Talk about KJ Jefferson. I've heard a lot that he is really standing out among the quarterbacks. Um, we know he's going to play. He's going to play in at least four games. Uh, due to that redshirt rule, do you think that the that Joe Craddock and even maybe Chad Morris will put in a package or two for him specifically for him, or do you think they're going to hold him back until um, later on?
2: Yeah, you know that's a great question because you know it, it all just depends on how how much he would actually play because you'd hate to to have a package in there for him as a freshman. You, you play him and. Let's just say eight games, and he only gets a handful of plays in each and all those eight games, then you've earned a year of eligibility. And when you got guys like Ben Hicks and Nick Sarkle, you got two pretty good options there. I mean, neither one is probably going to be Tom Brady or Peyton Manning, uh, but they're going to be better than the situation last year. That's something Chad's also talked about, is that he can just tell a difference in that quarterback position this year at fall camp compared to last year. Uh, So I I really don't think they're going to burn K.J.'s redshirt, barring, you know, catastrophic injuries, of course. You know, I'm impressed with K.J. I liked what I saw from him uh, when I actually saw him play. uh, I guess it was before the Mississippi State game last year. I I, I traveled and and went and saw his playoff game, and, you know, he was kind of dinged up and didn't really have full mobility, uh, but he was still able to, to lead his offense and move the ball down the field obviously there's a huge difference between I guess it was class three A or something in Mississippi to the SEC and I think that's really where the adjustment's gonna be. You very rarely see a true freshman come in and just dominate unless it is a generational talent, like a Trevor Lawrence or, you know, uh Jake Fromm, I guess, uh I'm trying to think of some other one to
0: a tag of Viola.
2: Yes, to uh Coming in, you know, even he, even Tua wasn't a full time starter though. As a freshman, he just kind of played in a in a secondary role behind Jalen Hurts. Uh, so you you've got to be a just a truly generational talent to come in and play as a true freshman and perform at a high level at the Power Five level, whether it be the SEC, ACC, Big Ten, whatever. And uh, you know, that's no offense to KJ. I think he has potential to be a very good quarterback down the line. I just think he needs a little bit of time to to get a little bit of seasoning. Definitely throw him in there for four games this year, get him a little bit of a taste. Next year he can maybe be that backup to, to Nick Starkle, you know, assuming everything goes well with him. And then uh, you know maybe as a redshirt sophomore, be be in a position where he can maybe take over and be a three-year starter and you know be be pretty good. You know, come come as a uh, you know 50-year senior season, you know potentially you know big 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 time numbers. We saw what Brandon Allen did as a 50-year senior. Uh, you know, maybe have some kind of a production like that late in his career.
0: Hopefully we can go to something better than the Texas Bowl. <laughs> All
2: right, Hutch, exactly. we're gonna let the Texas you go, Bowl buddy. Liberty Bowl. Right? Yeah. Sounds good, guys. All
0: right, that is Andrew Hutchinson of Hogbeat.com. You can find him on Twitter at NWA Hutch. All you gotta do is look in a search bar, Natural State Sports, and you'll find us there. On Facebook, it's Facebook.com forward slash. I said backslash last week. It's forward slash Natural State Sports. And apparently we're on Instagram. Although I don't know how to use Instagram. To use Instagram. But no. that one's at natural underscore state underscore sports. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit about tradition in the University of Arkansas. You're listening to Inside the Natural State.
2: We, the people,
0: stand tall, equal, and free
2: in pursuit of happiness.
0: And premium American spring water. Mineral rich, revitalizing goodness.
1: With a naturally detoxifying high alkalinity. And 7.8 pH.
0: Bottled in glass.
1: To oxygenate our brave, proud cells. The healer and hydrator of.
0: We. We.
1: We.
2: The people. The Mountain Valley Spring Water. Back to the source.
0: Welcome back to Inside the Natural State. I'm Zach, joined as always with Steve it's and we are going to be talking a little bit about tradition now.
1: Tradition.
0: There's a lot of things. Hang on, changed. I'm going to
1: Google. The, I'm going I'm to Google. The,
0: the what does tradition. Webster say about tradition? Go
1: ahead. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to cut you. off. No,
0: you're fine. Um, I don't know why I said it like that, but
2: you're fine, man. You're fine.
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, with me, there always is. I mean, look at me. I'm I'm, I'm high strung, man. Um, you're no. Like medicated. Not this week, actually. Uh, but that's another story for another time. Um, our producer is going to have a field day with this.
1: He, he's – yeah. He, <laughs> this podcast may not come back next week because it may stroke out.
0: Probably not. Um, <laughs> and they'll, they'll end up firing me. So, uh, no, there's a lot of changes going on up the hill right now. I mean, we had, we had uh, uh, almost a complete turnover of almost every major sport up there, basketball, football uh i think track and track, track, track uh gymnastics you know and it, it whether it's whether it's uh, uh, uh going on to future endeavors or retirement or what have you even the ad was changed okay my question
1: is what took so long well money true and this idea that we have this big Special, long-standing tradition at the University of Arkansas. That's what took so long. That's, now, why, that's why we still can't get students down at the floor in Bud Walton Arena. I have... I have...
0: I'm trying to figure out the right way to say this. Just say
1: it. Just say he can edit it. How can you say
0: that we have tradition when we don't even know what our identity is as a school? And by that I mean, it, it it changes every
1: four or five years. It feels like. What? Okay, so so here's the biggest hot button topic when it comes to tradition: the slobbering hog. Well, that's a big one. But I don't think that's the biggest. It is on the basketball side, and I think that's where it should stay. The grass. The, the grass. Sure. No,
2: wasn't grass it for either.
0: years? Wasn't it for years that they they didn't put a hog in the middle of the field at at, at uh, Donald W. Yes. And then one of the brilliant things of our former AD, who has gone on to future endeavors, he finally decided to put an, a, a hog in the middle of it.
1: It was one of the few good things he did.
0: Yeah, and he took, away, he took away he took away Coca Cola, but that's that's my only personal problem.
1: Hey, At least you can have Mountain Dew. That's true. Yeah, I mean, there's that. Yeah, that's true.
0: But I mean, as far as tradition goes, I mean, you're taking away the turf. You're putting in natural grass, and apparently with natural grass, that means brand new paint scheme on the field, right? New field design. In the end zones. But you've got another bone to pick when it comes to
1: tradition. I do. So <clears> the <throat> Webster's definition of tradition is oh, crap. Inherited. Here we go. It's stat hey, I looked it up. I Googled. <laughs> or customary pattern of thought, action, or behavior. So I guess by that definition, I can understand people thinking Arkansas has some sort of tradition. But when I think of football tradition, I think of a winning tradition. Now, a lot of people are going to get mad, but my biggest qualm with, with the university right now and with this fan base is this idea that we should never change the uniform. Now, I'm going to give you the hog because that's the one thing that separates us from anything else is the hog. Do you know we used to be the Cardinals? Yes. Uh, yes. Thank you, Texarkana High, for the use of the hog or the Razorback. But our tradition li- it stops there. Zach, tell me... The last time Arkansas won a national title. In football? In football. 1964. But. But. but Did we really win a national championship? But. Depends on who you ask. That's right. So, this whole idea of tradition, the the, the traditionalists, the folks that, that are dead set on keeping our uniforms the same, that are are all that th- th- think this the going back to the McFadden years and these new Mc, the McFadden jerseys that have come back out this year that it's going to be the the saving grace of our program and heaven forbid we wear a anthracite or a chrome helmet. Now or, I'm going to stop you as or, far or, as that goes.
0: Um, I don't. Am I live? I don't feel like you're good. Okay. You. Um, the one thing that I don't I don't I didn't like was when we played. A&M, and had those uniforms that looked like, they were supposed oh, to look like the Cowboys, but they look like the No, they look like Ohio State. <laughs> oh, Ohio State,
1: that's right. That's,
0: they look yeah, too much exactly like Ohio right. State, and I hated it. I, I get I get where they're trying to be. They're trying to, 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 to stand out. I get that. Mm-hmm. We're not Oregon. Sometimes some things just can't be pulled off, and but that was one been, of them.
1: But it could have been. It could have been. It was offered. It was on the table. It, yeah, it was out there. And Nike wanted to do it. Why didn't we pull the trigger on it? Well, because no, my we favorite, are. Hold on, hire of we are all, a Nike school. We are a Nike school. What Nike? What Nike proposed was that they would make that they wanted to make us the Oregon of the South. So they wanted to come in and bring in multiple different different types of uniform options, but our board, namely Jeff Long, thank you in Jeffrey, front of it and said no, we can't do that because. It would ruin the tradition at the University of Arkansas.
0: That's kind of hard to do when we don't even know what our tradition is.
1: Alabama has tradition. Alabama's never changed their
0: uniform. And they
1: shouldn't because they have a tradition behind it. There's a reason why that uniform's been the same again. Don't mess with the hog. Don't mess it up. I'm I hate not,
0: the forward-facing I'm hog. Not
1: a, I'm not – I don't – actually, I like the forward-facing hog. It doesn't bother me like I can that. tell you it's on your shirt. It's on, it's on my shirt. You know, I don't mind it. I like the forward fa- – now, not for all things. I don't think it should be the, the lead front for what we see. You know, we kind of saw how that screwed us in Omaha this year when they the Omaha uh, newspaper decided to put the Arkansas State. Um, yeah, you know, up and, instead and of now the Arkansas
0: we – did you hear now about that? That's another thing. We can't – tradition when it comes to the baseball team. We are the Omaha Hawks. That's right. We can't use that term anymore.
1: I have not heard this, but this yes. is, pisses me off. Royally. Yes, this is new news to me. Yes,
0: you cannot. You we cannot call ourselves Oma Hogs. Thank you, Mississippi State. How does, uh, apparently, they've been calling themselves the Omaha Dogs before. Yeah. Uh,
1: So, the NCAA's got to get their part of it while the players get another. I got you. Okay. Right. Oh, boy, we could go in a whole other rabbit hole with that one. So, my point, though, is on uniforms. So, Alabama has this tradition. That's why they don't change. But people always say, well, Arkansas shouldn't change. Alabama doesn't change. So, Arkansas, we have tradition. We don't have a tradition, folks. We can build a tradition. We've had a few good years here and there. We've had a few good runs. We've had – 64 was obviously a magical time that ended – the way some wanted, some didn't, 69 with the big shootout. But since we've been in the SEC, our tradition is losing. You said it. I was going to say it. You You were thinking it. it.
0: I was just going to go ahead and pull the trigger because I'm ballsy like that.
1: SEC titles?
0: We've gotten there. Zero. We've gotten there. Now, we got screwed out of one of them. Did we? We got screwed out of one of them because somebody fumbled in the end zone.
1: Yeah, but still. But
0: the point is we got there. Under Houston Nut, three times.
1: Georgia, Florida, and then Florida again, I think. Yeah, and okay, this is a totally different topic, but I saw this on Twitter today. Yeah. Somebody posed the question as to whether or not we should have a Houston Nut statue on campus. Please tell me you agree with this. Please tell me you agree with this. I can see it from both ways. Oh, man, how? In what world? What did Houston Nutt do? Don't before I say this and the, the, crawl, the everybody with their pitchforks comes chasing me. You're Houston trying to Nutt, get us killed Houston and it's not Nutt, even I love you and we would love to have you on this if this podcast ever makes it to you. But um, let me just put it this way Houston Nutt did wonderful things for this program. I would I would take Houston Nutt as as any part of this athletic program. I think he's,
0: he, he would have still been here had that whole Gus Miles on Mitch Mustang I, Deal gone down differently, well,
1: probably. But so my point is that Houston did a lot of really good things <coughs> when he was here. But you build the you fan build, base, ran him off. They did, but you build statues for people that win championships.
0: Yeah, and, and okay. So let me ask you this: if that's if that's going to be your your standing point, why isn't there a, a, a bronze statue of Nolan outside of Bud well, Walton there Arena?
1: There's no doubt about it. Now, granted, it now, happen. but there's a lot that's happened in the time frame between the time he left and the, that championship to now. It I mean it took us till last year to put his name on the stinking.
0: now court. I wanted to ask you about that, but we can say we can shelve that if you want to
1: yeah we, yeah let's let's get into basketball on another okay, time. I was going to some stuff on basketball i was I've got, got a couple things.
0: of questions that we talked about last season when all that went down yeah. on our live show uh that I would implore you to go watch absolutely about the court naming and all of that yeah
1: but we'll no, get in. yeah let's get into that another time because i I mean I'm yeah anyway. but you
0: have to admit, I mean Houston Nutt did what no other coach. Has done, even the sixty-four championship. Arkansas is the only one that claims that. If you look in the record books, right, it's all Alabama. Have, even Alabama claims, of course, Alabama claims Makes that they breathe and yeah. and hey, I won a title, right. Um, so even then, and, and again, all the old timers, even they're gonna hate me for saying that, but no, we did not out. We have not. We have never won outright a national title in football.
1: That's right. And that's where to me that's where tradition is. That's how that's how you build tradition. If you're gonna look back on something and say this was the run we had, we were we were there, the best run we've had over the last twenty years really. So Houston Nut had a, a good little run in there. And then we had the Bobby Petrino run. So outside of those two, you know, that's our tradition. Outside of that in the SEC it's been a losing tradition. So I, I don't understand this idea that we can't change uniforms. We can't go to something that's a little different. Yes, I'm, I mean, I get it. Anthracite doesn't fit. But you know what? If the kids like it, and if that's what they want to play in, then bring them here and let's play football and let's win games.
0: Anthracite's not our color. Okay. And I say that because you look at LSU, you look at Auburn, you look at Florida, and all the uh, – hell, look at all the other schools around the SEC – What's the one thing that they have not done they have alternate uniforms yes but they've always stuck between their color scheme our color scheme is simple cardinal red and white but
1: i i I, I now
0: it's it's part of the color scheme now for those of you that didn't hear that was uh our producer he said that uh anthracite is part of our color scheme now I disagree wearing the color scheme. Y'all got me heated. Now, Now as
1: far as originally, no, but again, that goes back to tradition. And again, what tradition do we have that says that we have to stick to a certain color? I get it again. The razor, the red razorback is what's there. I'm not touching the razorback. I'm not changing the razorback, but sure. Red has been our color. But again, what tradition do we have that says we cannot change things up on the uniform from time to time? That'll just, just, to appease whether it be a few recruits that want to see it or whatever it is. If it puts a product on the football field that we want to see, then I don't see a problem with it at all.
0: Now, the only issue that I have with the new uniform is, yeah, it is semi. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's the McFadden jersey. It's the McFadden jersey. No, it's not. You know why? They've made an addition to it. See if you know what it is. I have no idea. There's hogs on the shoulders. Okay.
1: Well, and okay. <clears throat> here here's no they're the
0: they're the big ones that take up the whole sleeve they're not the little ones on the sides
1: well okay so here's here's my issue with that though because i feel like this is and and it's cool like if it's a a a few times this year we wear that uniform then great i've heard that you know obviously they're going to go with a white one home and away for next year um, and it's going to potentially be the next kind of the next round of nike uniforms as we go forward um I just hope that we're not, and this is veering into a little bit of something different, but I just hope we're not going down this road of hoping that if we do something in the past that it's going to duplicate it for us in the present, much like we did when we brought a certain basketball coach back to the University of Arkansas and then waited forever to get rid of him because we felt that this was going to be the thing that would change the program. We go back to what happened. We go back to what we did back when we were successful I think it's really neat that they're honoring that jersey to an extent that people think it's that way. Um, But I don't think it's going to bring any extra wins or losses. Um, But it
0: all comes down to talent.
1: That's absolutely correct.
0: It's not the jersey. It's who's wearing the jersey and that talent level.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I just hope that people don't get the wrong mindset that, you know, or that that there's there's this idea that if we make these changes from the past, that it's going to bring the past to the future or the present because, there's a lot of work to do on that football field right now. There
0: is. There is. But if you've been watching fall camp, there's been a lot of improvement between this time last year and
1: today. But we can't really watch fall camp.
0: You can't. But that follows into, you were talking about tradition, right? Correct. That tradition fell off with a certain coach. That's who right. was interested in a blonde and a motorcycle.
1: Mm-hmm. And it, oh, yeah. I can't say that again. Oh, so, we can't?
0: Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: So... So,
0: that leads us into this year's Little Rock Touchdown Club lineup.
1: Okay. It's an interesting lineup. It is. It has.
0: And I got to tell you something. Just when I think that, that David Basil, who is the one that put this on. That's right. All right. 16 years he's been doing this.
1: Baz is the man, by the way.
0: And uh, just when I thought he's, he's you know reached the pinnacle of, well, he can't top this year. He outdoes himself, and he did. I'm going to give you the lineup. Uh, we kick off with Chad Morris, and then you go to Ryan Mallett, former Georgia and Miami head coach Mark Richt. Mm-hmm. Um, and then September 9th, I think that's where everybody has circled on their calendar. Former Arkansas and former Louisville head coach Bobby Petrino comes back to Arkansas for the first time since leaving. I'm kind of interested in that one. Okay. Um, we'll come back to that one. Hang on just a second. Dan, uh former Arkansas and for, and uh pro football hall of famer Dan Hampton. Uh Hunter, uh, Arkansas Athletic Director Hunter Yurichek. Um uh, October seventh, another controversial coach coming in, Florida, Ohio State, and Florida football, uh, Florida former Florida football head coach Urban Meyer comes comes to Little Rock. After that, you've got Bill Montgomery, former head coach Houston Nut, um, UCA's head coach Nathan Brown, uh, ASU's head coach Blake Anderson. That will be an interesting one too. Uh, SEC Commissioner Greg Sankey, and then uh, Bill Curry which I'm not exactly sure he's a big – I don't know. I don't recognize that one. That's another and another then one. the last one wrapping it up is none other than Bo, uh, Bo's counterpart,
1: but Herschel Walker. That'll be a good one. It, the So the lineup is amazing. I mean, they had a great Hall of Fame lineup last year. Um, but he is catching some backlash. And just – I mean, the, the the as we're recording this
0: podcast, it was announced this morning. That's right. Give me the one that's got the most controversy surrounding
1: it. Oh, it's easily Petrino. Yes. I mean, there's no question. Have you seen some of the comments about that? <laughs> some of the funniest to me are the ones that are like, why would we pay this guy to come back to the state of Arkansas? Well, if you go to listen to him, then you're paying for the guy to come yep, right. back to the state of Arkansas because it's a paid event. You don't get it for free. you got to pay to be there. So if you don't want to listen to him, don't listen to him. But my question is, if you were in that room and a Q&A opened up, What's the first question you're asking Bobby Petrino? I
0: I it, me as a fan or me as 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 a member of the media? As a fan. As a that's, fan? That's what we want to know first. What actually happened on the back of that motorcycle?
1: I just want to know if she's worth it.
0: <laughs> I hey, I tell you this, I tell you this and, and and we can cut this out if you want to. You know how you know, without asking that question, you'll be able to tell if he she was worth it or not, you know why?
1: Why is that?
0: whether his ring finger has a ring on it or not.
1: Still does, doesn't it? I don't
0: They're know. They're still him. married,
1: aren't they? Yeah, I thought so, unless she divorced him after, they, after this last firing. I don't know. I have, so, <coughs> okay. wonder what he's up to nowadays. Nothing. Probably end up on Nick Saban's staff at some point. Probably. Sure. Or, 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 or Bill Where Him and, and, uh, and Bielema I mean. can swap stories. Oh, that would be fun. They could talk all about Jeff Long. You're right. Yeah. So, okay. So, Petrino comes back to the state. But honestly, okay, so where would think, do you think that they would hit him with hard questions though? Do you yes. really think that they're going to actually go No,
0: I mean, him? realistically? Realistically? Not a chance.
1: Because no one's going there to listen to Bobby Petrino give a speech. No one's He's not a very good He's a terrible public speaker. He's he's what we refer to as the bulldog. No one wants to listen to him. He will bore everyone out of the room. So no one's going there to listen to what he has to say. I mean, it was man.
0: hard It was hard to listen to his post-game press conferences when he was here at Arkansas cuz he was so monotone. Yeah,
1: he he was not a great he, again. No one's coming here to listen to that. No. So so then,
0: I think I think the fan base is is trying to get closure.
1: I think that is where But but what is closure? What well, I mean because okay, so here's my problem. Every time we start losing, everybody says bring back Bobby. Over the last 6 years, 5 years however long it's been, every time we start losing it's bring back Bobby. He could do all these great things. <laughs> I contend, and don't get me wrong, I don't think Bobby Petrino was the death of the program over the last six years. John L. Smith was. Uh, Jeff Long was. Um, we could name a lot of names, but I, yeah, Jeff Long to me is the head of the snake. But I don't believe that Bobby Petrino, obviously his decisions derailed the direction the program was going in. But honestly, if you look back, this has always been my argument with folks who thought we should have brought Petrino back. Early on, when we had he had
0: no him. defense,
1: it wasn't that He had no defense. If you look at his recruiting, his recruiting was getting worse every year. His yeah. best recruiting class when he was here was the year that he got here, and that was because it was loaded with that huge in-state class. Yes. So I mean, yeah, when you walk into a state that has Greg Child and Greg Child and Jerry Wright and, and guys like that, you're obviously you're gonna be pretty. You're gonna guys be like brilliant. Ryan Mallett, yeah, who comes back to play for you. So I mean, Petrino hit lightning in a bottle when he was here and it was exciting and it was fun. And I mean, I would if I if I met Petrino, if I was at this, I would thank Petrino for what he brought here. Oh yeah. Um but I I'm curious. There's a reason why the man doesn't have a job today, and it's because he's been losing. It's not because, I mean, well, sure, look at his look at his
0: and, and and again, we can go all night, but look at his tactics. You leave Atlanta in the middle of the season to come to Arkansas. Okay? Now, granted, he wasn't doing well at, at at Atlanta either, and that being Atlanta Falcons, the the professional, the NFL team. But you 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 come here, you're here. Well, how long was he here? Three years. Three years. Okay.
1: We were higher, high. We were we were highly touted those three years. I think that people get over. I think people. Let me let me throw this.
0: There, yeah. Let, let me let me throw this at you. Okay. Had the whole blonde on a motorcycle not happened, where would Arkansas be today?
1: I So, I don't think – we wouldn't be where we are today. I think the program would be in better shape. I don't know how much longer Petrino would have lasted, whether it been because he found something better, because that's what Petrino does. That's what he did at the time. And let me preface that. Well,
0: you got to think, and I I don't mean to interrupt, but you go from
1: Louisville to Atlanta to Arkansas to Western Kentucky – to Louisville, right? But again, I think I think, and look, I don't, I'm not saying that Petrino's some great person, he's obviously not, he's a jerk. He's, he, but it, it worked for him from a coaching style. The, the biggest issues that people complain about, just like you were talking about a minute ago, so his time um, when Auburn flirted with him when he was at Louisville before, who's not going to flirt with another job?
0: I mean, it, it, Gus Malzon did the it, exact exactly. same so thing. I, I
1: don't have an issue with that when he went to Atlanta. I mean, the year he gets to Atlanta, he thinks he's walking into Michael Vick and he walks into nothing because Michael Vick's fighting dogs. Yeah. So, I mean, now he's got a year without the guy that he thought he could go in there and and do Who was his
0: quarterback while he was there?
1: Uh, It wasn't anybody good that I can remember. But he's thinking he's going to bring this offense to the NFL that's going to revolutionize what they can do. And maybe he could have if he has Michael Vick. Now, do you dip out on your team and leave notes in the locker room and say, hey, I'm out, guys? No, you should have went and been a man and talked to him and said, hey, this ain't working. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take another job. But I don't have a problem with him for that. The way he ended at Arkansas, to me, obviously was ugly. It went down ugly. It ended ugly. It was not a lot of fun. Um, but to me, I don't know that he would have sustained the success that he had based on what you saw recruiting was. now. Maybe that's overblown a little bit, and that was Belichick talk when he got here, talking about he didn't have his big, humongous, fat offensive lineman he needed. Um, but we were definitely deficient on the on the defensive side of the ball when Petrino was here. Had um, a couple of games, especially with Bama, where he held them down. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, I don't know that this program would have been. I, I don't think we'd ever won a national championship under Bobby Petrino if that's if that's the direction that we sh- that think people think we were going to go because well, that, that would not happen.
0: But at, at the same time, I mean. Um we we've come close. And yeah. again, I know people hate hearing we've come close. We're close. We're almost there. At what point are we going to get over cuz if I think about it, we won, and I say that loosely, in 64. Mm-hmm. Had a great season in 69 with the shootout. But since then, what have we done? We've come close. Okay? 2000 2000- in the two thousand early 2000s. In 98. 98. We had the fumble, mm-hmm. okay? Early 2000s. We got to the to the national, to the, uh, SEC title game. Right. But we got whooped. Absolutely. Okay? 2011 11 was, a sugar bowl. was a Sugar Bowl. That we should have won yes. because of those. And, and, well, they're suspended for the first five games of next season.
1: Well, we the all, NCAA needed their money, and they needed Ohio State and well, their NFL players to come play one more game. But they all knew that they were going to the NFL. Well, they absolutely did. There was. But you a have
0: that. that. At what point will Arkansas? Get, and if you, you see it in, in in baseball, the foul ball. Okay. I was there. I cried. But it's that's my point. In basketball, we haven't been the same since '94. Yeah. In all these sports, we've come close. But you get to the finish line, and you trip. So, at what point are we going to get
1: over that stumbling block and get there? Well, now, yeah, and in football, if I don't, if it doesn't happen under Chad Morris in the next couple of years, I don't think. If that, he goes zero and eight in the SEC this year, okay. he's out. Let's not let's not talk like that. Let's, let's hope that doesn't happen. If he goes zero and eight, I mean,
0: just give us something, some kind of hope that says, okay, we're on the upward trend. So, so
1: on that. So ESPN put up their F- FPI.
0: ESPN put out their FPI, uh, FPI predictions on how many wins um, each team in the
1: SEC, and they broke it down East and West. So before you say a number, do you think that's a number that's big enough? It's on that that you're that's on your piece of paper. Is the number they gave Arkansas going to be big enough to keep the pitchforks away by uh, Arkansas fans? Going the number the they run? have, yes, definitely. You think that'll keep the pitchforks at bay?
0: Yeah. Oh yeah. If he if he pulls off what, what they've got us predicted to win, he's safe for at least another year. Okay. Especially, especially after the year he had last year. Okay. Because you always know, you know that they always they 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 always say that the biggest turnaround comes between year one and year two. Right? The biggest improvement comes between year one and year two. Absolutely. Sometimes. Now, I'm gonna throw a team out. I'm okay. just gonna throw it random. I want you to give me how many wins you think they are. They they get. Okay. Florida. Nine. They got it at eight. Georgia,
1: eleven. Vandy, five.
0: Georgia's was at ten, which is right about right on par with where they need to be. Okay, um, I think that number Georgia's number is a little bit high. We'll see based I, on based on the talent level and, and what's happened in the off season. I think that number is
1: just a smidge high. Yeah, but they got to come out of the East. Missouri. Okay, Missouri's a hard one because their schedule is way too easy. Um, but I'm gonna say. Eight really?
2: Yeah.
1: You think? Yeah. With that, I mean, they don't have anybody. I know they don't, but I just think that's 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 kind of on par with where
0: ESPN's FPI's got them. Huh. Uh, see Tennessee, Tennessee's coming off a six and six year. Seven. That's on par with them. South Carolina,
1: no, we, and we—that's thing. Nobody has heard anything out of South Carolina. Yeah. What is going on in South Carolina? Because you're right, not a word. Um, they're quietly rebuilding, maybe. Trying yeah, to make a run at trying to make a run at a Florida or a Georgia. Sure, I don't know. I don't. I just don't see that. Uh, seven, six.
0: ESPN's FPI prediction has them at six wins. Okay. All right, so that was all the East. Okay. Now we go to the West. Mississippi State, and this is in no particular order, by the way.
2: Right.
1: Mississippi State
0: eight. That's kind of on par. That's the only team in the SEC West uh, predicted to win eight games.
1: Oh wow. Okay. Right at eight games.
0: Right. Um, of course, let Alabama. I'm going to go ahead and just twist, say twelve, but 12. they got them at, at eleven. I don't know who their only loss is going to be to, but
1: I don't see who they lose to in the regular season. I don't.
0: I don't. Not especially not in the SEC. No. Do they?
1: It, do they have Georgia in the regular season? I don't know. I
0: don't think. Season. I don't think in the regular. season. But I mean, season. you pick Alabama to win twelve. Yeah, you pick out LSU. Eleven. No. Ten. Got
1: them at ten. Okay.
0: Got them at ten. Yeah. Arkansas. Now give me your honest, and then give me your give me your fans uh, number uh, six, and I'm 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 six either way. So ESPN has them at five and seven on the year. Okay. Now keep in mind, I'm going to touch on this one for just a second before we move to the other ones. If Arkansas goes five and seven after a two and ten season, here's the one thing I don't want to see:
1: Chad Morris gets a contract
0: extension. Do not
1: give that man a contract Hunter extension. Yuricek, I don't see Hunter check doing that unless this team wins like eight games. You remember what
0: happened that, that Mike Anderson got a contract extension by Jeff Long, and then he just... Pfft. Right. Yeah. Ole Miss. Four. Six. Hmm? A&M. Nine. No. Seven. Wow. Is
1: that kind of... I mean... It, Does any of those surprise you at all? A&M does. I thought thought there'd be a lot more respect for A&M. Auburn is also Um, at seven. Now, that doesn't surprise me at all because I I don't actually think that their FPI would probably give them maybe eight or nine um, because of their defense. But offensively, they're such a disaster right now. Which, hey, that's what Gus hangs his hat on. How about that? Seven years, $50 million. eh, Spending every bit of it,
0: I would. He's burning the tires and burning them out. All All right that's gonna do it man we're done that was episode two already yeah that's it we could keep going though we couldn't could we keep
1: going do you want to do a second podcast tonight will just a no. nonsensical one where we're just clowning oh no okay all right, all right dude next week next week next we'll be week back here again we got hutch next week uh one week closer to football yeah, hey, and hit us up on the Twitters and the Facebooks and the other things we talked about. And earlier. I don't know if we'll have Snapchat. Um, hey, you know, I might make a Snapchat. Hit us up on all of those and tell us what you want to hear about.
0: But then- we've got another event coming up this week. Live, 7 o'clock, Friday night is the live show. You don't want to miss it. Natural State Sports. Find us on Facebook, facebook.com forward
1: slash Sports. All right guys, until next week, we appreciate it. Come back and see us. You've Have been a good night. you've been listening to
0: Inside the Natural State, an Arkansas Sports podcast.